I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Welcome, Andrea and Jess, back to the podcast. Today, we are talking about building a strong family team. We are a sports family. Our kids have grown up doing sports. We're passionate about sports. My two daughters go to an SEC school, so we are passionate about football season. And I often see things, and I know, Jess, your family's really big into sports. Andrea, are your kids big into sports? Yes, we have Mm -hmm. had both the kids in sports right now. Yep. Yeah. In sports, so. so I love looking at family life through this lens because I think there are so many things that happen when we are working together and we see ourselves as a team and we approach life as a team. So I thought we would talk about some of the principles that make up a strong family team and how we have worked to implement them in our life. What's so great about being on a team, at least for me, I played on a sport in high school. I was on the volleyball team. And I was also the wrestling manager. So I went to Syracuse and I was a wrestling manager at Syracuse. And then I graduated. I did a little bit of work with the wrestling team at Georgia State, but I was always in this atmosphere of being part of a team. But then when I became a stay-at-home mom, I really felt like an island. I didn't belong to something. I felt like I wasn't a part of something bigger than myself. And so this idea of sports, you're a part of something, right? You're working together. I get excited about what that can do for our family, that that way to think about family life and what it can do for us. Yeah, I love that. It It is the reminder because I had a similar story to you feeling like when I did start staying home with my kids that I was totally alone and like I was spitting all the plates and it all depended on me. But really, when you're part of a family, you are a team and there are parts that everybody plays. And as your mm-hmm. kids get older, their responsibility and their part or position in the team, they can take on more, you know, obviously than when they're little bitties, but yeah, it is helpful to remember I'm not in this alone. I'm working alongside other people, you know, team culture, like when your family works as a team, sometimes like the positions shift, you know, it's like, Mm. okay, when you're a young mom, your team, your coach, right. Mm -hmm. Coach mom, and you're coaching people on like what are the the goals what are the, what do we live by how do we train as a family mm-hmm. and you kind of like you know do those that role and then as your children get older and even roles and responsibilities with your husband change then you you kind of move in and out of different positions and i love that because the team culture gives you flexibility to say hey you know you're only as good as your weakest link on a team. Mm -hmm. So when someone isn't pulling their weight or they're not living up to the goals and visions that you have collectively decided as a family, Mm -hmm. it opens the door to conversation and you can say, hey, how can we help support you in doing this? That's what a team does. It's not like Mm -hmm. we just like, oh, you're off the team. Like, because you can't be off the team as a family. Like, Mm -hmm. sorry, (laughs) you're in it to win it, my friend. But you can come alongside individual family members and support each other in accomplishing those goals. Mm -hmm. A a good example, I have taken on a lot of the domestic 
things in my household in different seasons when my husband's been working a lot and the kids are at school and all of that kind of thing. But then we would transition into a new season where I would take on even a part-time job, which limited the amount of hours that I had in a day to do all of those responsibilities. So then I found myself drowning, like overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. right? And I, it's like, call a family meeting team. We got to get together here. One of our family goals is to be hospitable. That's one of our values, right? Well, I cannot be solely responsible for preparing the meal, cleaning the home, setting the table, getting everything ready so that our guests can arrive and feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. So I would, you know, share this with my team and say, hey, I need you all to pitch in so that we can accomplish this. And that helped me. It helped us. Everybody felt, you know, like we were doing what we needed to do together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's setting those goals and having that vision that gives us directions. I think of mm-hmm. sports teams that my kids have been on. There are teams that they've been on where they tell us in the beginning of the year, like, this is the year that we are building. This is not going to be a championship year. This is the year where we are growing our team, working on our skills. And then there's other years where the goal is the championship because you've been a cohesive team for several years. This is the group of kids that have been together for the last five or years. And we really feel like this is our year. So how can we do X, Y, and Z to meet that goal? And so the goal is really what orients us. And the goal is what's going to tell us, or do we, are we playing different roles? What is my part in the team? You know, how much should I be investing? Where should I be investing my time and my energy? And so that is definitely a pivotal part of families and teams for sure. Can you, can you guys give me an example of like a shared goal that you have as a family? The first that came to mind, travel is important to our family and we need to work toward that goal by saving and planning the, what the trip looks like, planning activities. And that means that sometimes we don't get to do all of the activities we want to do with either the time or money that we have. So how do we as a family make compromises and things like that? So that's the first one that came to mind. And that's a really fun goal, right? That that we get really excited about. But I think in families too, there are goals that may not look as glamorous or be as glamorous in the process, right? Like keeping a tidy house or things like that. Like it's not fun to work toward that. But when we remember the why, that -hmm. can help us to execute that goal better. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've always valued hospitality. So there are times when we have to kind of regroup and say, hey guys, look, we all have a part to play. I can't, we can't open up our home to your friends the way you want us to if you guys aren't going to be a part of this. Everybody Mm -hmm. has a part to play. You know, I need a little bit of help setting up or I need a little bit of help cleaning up or, you know, Mm -hmm. we're we're in this together. And the reason why we're able to do the things that we want to do or the things that we love is because we're all chipping in. And so when you cast that vision through communication, which is my next point, when you have effective communication and you're casting that vision in front of your children, in front of your husband, in front of your family, and you're reminding them that, hey, this is our value. This is what's important to us. This is what we love. This is the goal. Everybody can get on board. Everybody can go, Mm -hmm. oh yes. And they can start to be a little bit more humble, put aside some of their, their desires because they know that we're in this together and we're working towards something together. Yeah. I love that. I think those are all important, you know, 
the goals are important and they can be, I love Andrea that you mentioned like a travel one, right? And then we have a really practical one where it's like keeping a clean house. And, and the interesting thing is, is that when we set that standard and we communicate it, Kim, right, that here's why we want to have a tidy home. And I've told my kids multiple times, I've asked them this question, actually, because, you know, when you get the, hey, can you pick up your other stuff? And they're, you know, <laughs> like, you got something in your throat? You need a drink? <laughs> there are some, yeah, I am very sarcastic. It's probably one of my weaknesses, but that's, that's all right. Yeah. But when I do that, then I just explain to them, let me ask you a question. When you have gone to friends' homes or you've gone into a home that is not tidy Mm -hmm. or that has funny smells or like, you know, it just feels dirty, do -hmm. you feel more comfortable or less comfortable? Mm -hmm. And unanimously, they understand immediately what I'm talking about. And my daughters even come home after going to, you know, sleepovers and stuff at, at certain people's houses. And she's like, mom, it was really dirty. And she's like, I didn't even want to like, like lay down or anything like that. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Yeah. I said, you know, sometimes that's just how it is. And she's started to then value, even though Mm -hmm. her room at times is still an atrocious, like disaster pile, but she understands why. And she also values that when she comes home, there is a certain level of cleanliness in our Mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, communication is so important. And even like having ha- walking through those scenarios with our kids is really important. I remember when we first started to talk to our kids about what we wanted to be known for, I asked them, what do you think about when you go to their house? And they were immediately able to say, well, this is what I think about when I go there. And so part of our journey was saying to our kids, well, what do you want to be known for? And having those experiences, being in other people's homes, experiencing something different to what we do in our home uh, creates that contrast and allows them to say, oh, I don't, I don't want to be known for that. Or I, I don't, I get why you want us to do X, Y, and Z. I understand now, mom, why this is important to you when you start to have those kinds of conversations. So taking the time and setting apart to speak with our kids about that and draw those lines, help them draw those lines is really important. I think another part of the communication, when you think about being on a team, like a sports team, is that you're, you want to communicate and give feedback to each other and do it in a way that's constructive. Mm -hmm. And I know in our family, a couple of us have a hard time receiving feedback. And so that's something that we've had to work through, but I've learned just in my own growth journey is that feedback actually is a gift and we can take it and implement it to, to get better. It doesn't mean that we're a horrible person. It means that we all have blind spots and we all have mm-hmm. areas for growth. So really having a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset is something we talk about in our family, but that our team culture should be that we're, we're a safe place to give each other feedback. And that even extends to our kids giving us feedback as parents sometimes. And, and that can be, eye-opening as a parent to to be like, okay, this is your perspective. I don't see it that way. Or you must, you know, you're misunderstanding the heart of why I'm trying to teach you this thing, but just creating conversation. So I feel like sometimes kids will give you feedback just unsolicited, but there <laughs> we try to also give our kids opportunity that we ask for the feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what 
what do you really need from me that maybe I'm not giving you right now? Or how could I be a better mom to you? Mm-hmm. Just asking some questions like that and having that open communication again can help us to really then go out and work toward that shared goal and shared vision. Yeah. The most successful so, teams have make make space for that, whether it's the Navy SEALs or whether it's professional teams that review game tapes and talk about mm-hmm. where what could we have done differently and, and giving each other feedback. That's where a lot of success comes from. Mm-hmm. It, could you have any advice for, you know, parents that feel like they may have missed the mark on this feedback cycle? You know, how do you, how do you start something like that? If, you know, you're down the track and you've never done anything like that. Do you have any advice in that area? I think it's never too late to start. And I think, I think the most important for us creating an environment where it's not sitting across from a table, sitting them down and saying, okay, we have some questions (laughs) for you. It's creating an environment. I think Jess, you mentioned before about being in a car, being side by side with them, maybe not making eye contact with them. We set up Mm -hmm. scenarios where we're having fun with our kids. We'll go out to dinner. We'll go to Starbucks. We'll go to a park. We'll go mini golf with the intention that, Hey, we want to have some conversations, but you create an environment where it's fun. And then Mm it, it does take practice to cultivate a safe space, meaning that I tend to want to fix or talk them out of their feelings. And Mm. I know that I don't like when people do that to me, but it is a habit, even though I'm very much aware that I don't want my husband to talk me out of my feelings, that I tend to want to talk my kids out of their feelings. And so Mm. it does take work to cultivate an environment where we're not going to be like, oh, well, we want to be defensive or we want to tell them why they shouldn't feel that way or you know, just being open, like Andrea, like you said, like, maybe I don't see it that way or, oh, wow, I didn't realize it. Like being humble, coming to the table, humble, like changing your posture and just saying, I really, really want to hear your heart. And, you know, in different ages and different stages, you can simplify it. Sometimes it's just like, what do you like most about our family? What do you like least Mm -hmm. about our family? I mean, Mm -hmm. just that question alone will open up the floodgates. If in the past you've been dismissive about their feelings, you know, let them know, Hey, in the past, I know I haven't always been open to hear what you have to say, but tell me, I really want to know. I think it's never too late. And they may only share like the third, after the third time you've asked them, but Mm -hmm. keep at it and just, yeah, try to create an openness, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think about if your kids are older, teenagers, even for moms listening who maybe your kids are, are in college and you're like, it's too late. I can't do anything about it even if you can't go back and fix it, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we all could wish we could go back and fix certain things we've done, but what, what can that do for your relationship going forward? Just knowing and being able to have that hard conversation can change what happens going forward versus being Mm -hmm. us being fixated on changing the past. We can deepen our relationship by having that hard conversation and knowing how to love each other better in the future. Michael Mm -hmm. Hyatt has this saying that I heard on his podcast once, and he said that intimacy is just on the other side of conflict. Mm -hmm. And I also like to extend that to intimacy is on the other side of hard conversations. So often we're afraid, we're afraid of the hard conversation, we're afraid of the conflict, but what if things actually are better and stronger on the other Mm -hmm. side? Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. When your family has a team culture, you succeed. 
Not only do you have shared family goals and good communication, but you and your kids have a sense of belonging. You know that you are a part of something that matters and you are not alone. And that is so important, especially in the world we face today. At Build Your Best Family, we're here to help you transform your family into a powerhouse team. With the help of your family roadmap program, you'll determine your core values and passions and turn them into behaviors that can strengthen your connection. This program will walk you through creating a family team that thrives in harmony, supporting one another in every endeavor. Your family can be a united force, and it starts with you. Visit www.buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash resources and use the code ROADMAP30 to get a 30% discount off the regular $97 program fee. Start building a stronger, more united family team today. So I think a strong family team also spends a lot of quality time together. I think it's really important as a family to have fun together. I mean, we see this in like workplace environments where they have offsites, where they do these community building things. I mean, you, you, it's important to get to know your coworker. It's important to get to know the person that you're in the trenches with side by side. It's important to have those connections. And for us, quality time is important. I think that, I think quantity and quality time are both important. But I think spending time with your people, getting to know them, having fun with them. I mean, anything that we do, like especially travel, but anything that's just out and out fun, we have forced our kids to have fun together, <laughs> gives us gives us such a reset. But you have to be intentional about it. Last over the summer, I told my husband, we have got to just spend the time together, the five of us. Our oldest was home from school. Our middle had just graduated high school and we knew that we were, that time was short with her being full-time home. And we said, do not make any plans. Of course, we got pushback. We went, we, so we ended up going into New York City. We went to the Museum of Natural History and looked at dinosaurs. I mean, come on. I mean, that's what we used to do when they were little. We just carved out the day to just be together. We went to a great restaurant. We walked around some flea markets. Like we, we said, we're having fun. It's a non-negotiable. And those are the things that bring us together. Those are the things that solidify a team. So that's been my experience with quality time. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it's like, you know, teams, teams that win championships are teams that practice together a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it's crucial that, you know, you, like you said, Kim, I think quality time, we want to, we want to create an invitation that our kids want to participate in for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, that's not always possible. Sometimes we just need to have quality time because you need to have quality time. My family um, has navigated in the past couple of years some pretty heavy family events, and those were not fun. They were traumatic. They were, you know, aggressive in many ways. And so we just, we held space for each other, mm -hmm. even if it was just in silence at times. And that was difficult because we're all dealing with these big, heavy emotions, you know, anger, confusion, mm -hmm. grief, depression, lots of things, to be fair. And so when when I was like, hey, we just need to have a family day, you know, the four of us, I got pushback as well because I think all of us just wanted to retreat into isolation mm -hmm. in that season. And, and it's like we didn't want to burden each other with these with the heaviness of everything, but doing that and actually saying like, Kim, we did the same thing. We just picked an activity. Mm -hmm. Didn't really matter what it was, but we were going to go do it together. And it gave my family and myself 
space to have fun and to know that there was a safe there was a safe environment mm-hmm. in our family still that we were not at risk even though mm-hmm. everything around us was actually sort of chaotic at that time mm-hmm. yeah it's good the story that you just described Jess about coming together you know there's roles and responsibilities that we play in being a team and for you it was making space and spending time together and that's so important that we understand that we all can come together and that we have a part to play and that we're better together than we are in isolation. And so, you know, roles and responsibilities, again, you mentioned change when your goals change, right? Who's doing mm-hmm. what part? But I, I think for me, when I first started on this journey with Build Your Best Family, I read an example of like this idea of like everybody has a part to play and we're all uh, cogs in this system, mm-hmm. right? Where they all like mm-hmm. interlock and the, when the one moves, the others move and they all have to work in tandem and they have to be moving that we're not these separate entities. It's not mom and dad. And then the kids, our relationships are so much more uh, as a family, we're so much more dynamic than that. It's because we're meant to work together. We're meant to play parts, whether it's practically, like if we're going to ho- host something, who's going to take the coats, who's going to help me set up, who's going to you know, put out the food, who's going to, you know, whatever it is, like assigning roles and understanding your responsibility could be something as practical as that, or it could be something as large as, you know, how we care for one another in crisis and Mm -hmm. bringing the best of who you are to that situation. So roles and responsibilities, understanding them, embracing them, and even having clear communication about those roles and responsibility is really important when it comes to being a, a team family. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I didn't catch, or, you know, I love Andrea that you're like, and I think this was in our previous episode, but it was kind of like our kids catch things rather than being taught things. It's like caught rather than taught. And I didn't realize that even my kids as really, really little humans could be taught and could be given responsibilities within the house. You know, I sort of took it on myself and my husband to sort of, you know, as you said, keep the cogs in the wheel going. And then I learned, I'm like, no, actually empowering my kids to take responsibility was a huge game changer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even just as small as like, this is, you know, my son, this is your box, Truman. And then (laughs) Kennedy had her own. This is your box. So we pick all of our toys up at the end of the day. We put them in our little labeled box they were tiny, but they started to learn, oh, I'm helpful. You know, I play a role in my house and that, that grew into more and more responsibility. Uh, I was able to give them more because Mm -hmm. they were ready for it. And, Mm -hmm. and it, and it, you know, it's kind of one of those things like you, you feel confident, more confident and valuable when you're participating in things. So I love that. And that, everybody has a role. I think as we get older and our children get older as well, the roles change based on their unique gifts and talents. So as a parent, it's like, keep your eyes peeled. What is your your child's tendency? What do they enjoy doing? What do they despise doing? You know, some people, I mean, I don't think anybody really loves cleaning toilets, but I will say this, my son will sign up to clean every toilet in the house if he doesn't have to dust. So, you know, it's like, (laughs) these are the things 
but you kind of decide based on people's unique gifts and talents and preferences, mm-hmm. what, what actually makes the machine work the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And then as well, helping the kids to identify here's, here's the chores and roles that you have. And when they don't execute those things, pointing out, this is what happens. So for example, my son, his, one of his chores is to unload the dishwasher, but there for a while, the dishes sat clean in the dishwasher for a couple of days. So then what happens is all of the dirty dishes are piling up all over. And he was giving me some pushback about my reminding him, you need to unload the dishwasher. And he kept saying, I'll do it later. And I brought him to the kitchen and I said, look at what has happened. There is now this backup in our normal rhythm because you have not taken the five minutes to to Mm -hmm. unload the dishwasher. So I've tried to point that out when there's that negative, we're feeling the negative consequence. But Mm -hmm. then also when the kitchen is clean to point out, thank you so much for taking care of unloading the dishwasher because do you see now how things run more smoothly when everybody's doing what we have either assigned or discussed or Mm -hmm. decided is best. So just pointing out, yeah, for our system to run efficiently, we all have a part. And when we don't take part, we, we can cause some kinks in, in the system. Mm-hmm. And then I like, I forget which of you was mentioning about just seasons and how I think Jess, it was you about seasons, like mm-hmm. when work changes or even for kids, when one of them's in a sports season and the other one's not, sometimes that means that the other child then takes on a little more or we're taking on a little more to give grace for that person's season. And my husband and I mm-hmm. actually have talked about it's like blocking for each other in football, you know, so that you're paving, you're paving the way for this family member to do what they're called to do in this season. And that means we, we protect each other and we block for each other. And in the next season, maybe it's that your family's blocking for you so that you can go, go and do that. Mm -hmm. I love that Andrea. And it's like, you're, again, we kind of talked about communication already, but like using team language and illustration your kids are going to get it. They're they're going to be like, oh, okay. You know, it's like helpful. It's so helpful to use that. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> with the dishwasher, what a great illustration. And it, you, you're you using conflict resolution, which is, I think our last point, right, mm-hmm. Kim, is around this whole idea of conflict, conflict resolution, painting the picture in your natural rhythm as a team and saying, hey, you know, if you don't do your, if you don't run your mile, then we are all going to be held back mm-hmm. because you are not in the condition. You are not fit enough mm-hmm. to actually keep pace with how our family is trying to move forward. Yeah. And again, I think it's like conflict resolution. Was it you, Andrea, that was talking about intimacy? Like it's like right after conflict. So again, conflict resolution and conflict within a family. I'm all about it, but I don't think we should look at it. I think sometimes we get fear and trepidation because we're rehearsing the conflict before it actually happens rather than just addressing the truth of the situation. Like, let's confess the truth about what's really happening, get feedback. How are you feeling? And then how, as a team, can we support one another to move forward, you Mm -hmm. know, after this? So those are kind of just like ideas around conflict resolution to take the, 
the emotions out of it. That's the other mm-hmm. thing that I always tell people, don't fight with your emotions because they're actually really terrible at bringing mm-hmm. a resolution. So mm-hmm. if you have to write all your emotions down, write how you're feeling and there's value in sharing how you're feeling. But if you are feeling the feelings in the middle of the conflict, they usually muddy the ability to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you just have to take a time out and say, you know what, I need to go take a few deep breaths and then come back to the situation so that we can actually heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the the dishwasher explanation too. I think that there is a tendency to think that if we have conflict, that things aren't going well, or if we have conflict, something's not right, but it's really that it's unresolved conflict that has a negative impact yeah. on our family and on our relationships. It's not when we resolve the conflict. And I would 100% agree with what Andrea brought up and Michael Hyatt says, like, especially in a season where, you know, my husband and I have really committed to bringing things to the forefront that we need to talk through and get better at and grow in. As we go into this next season of, of kids being out of our house, we have one more still here, but it's just around the corner. And the conflict and the conversations we have, oh, I wish we didn't have to have them, but there is an intimacy and there is such growth at the end of that getting into it and being honest and sharing and being humble. Resolving the conflict is what brings us forward. Resolving the conflict is what brings us together. It's not avoiding it. It's not It's not even the absence of it. Yeah, and I think for some of us really again, going back to that, what, what was caught, what was taught when we were growing up, how, how did our families navigate conflict? And I know in my family, I saw like extended family, that conflict was like big blowups. Like you yell at each other and that's how you resolve conflict or Mm -hmm. then more within even, even within that extended family too, also just stuffing and resenting and not talking about hard things, but then it just builds up over time. And something that was small that could have been worked through turns into a bigger, a bigger thing. So I think for us as parents thinking about what is my natural tendency to approach conflict? Where does that come from? What have I learned? And then what do I want to change? What, how do I want to grow in working through conflict? And then what do I want to teach my kids about that? Those questions Mm -hmm. have been helpful to me to propel me to the next step to be able to grow is like, you know what, I, I want to change. I want to get better at this and I want to teach my kids too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just want to encourage our listeners, if you start to think, oh my gosh, what is it? What the heck is going on with my family? Think about the principles that teams implement, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and use that as a framework, you know, what, what brings us, what brings the team together? How does a team talk to one another? Regular meetings, discussing and addressing concerns, having fun together, strategizing, being intentional, you know, like we talked in the last episode about parenting with purpose most teams don't operate without a purpose. There is a purpose. Mm-hmm. It's to win the game. It's to score goals. It's to be fast. It's to get the ball. And so so what? Th- there's an intention that takes place in the team environment. And so I think we can learn a lot from, from teams. Yeah. And just remember, you can't trade your family team, okay? <laughs> no <laughs> trading to other teams. <laughs> Although I am tempted sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right? 
Yeah, Better get in that trading portal. Another team. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love too, just quickly, I know we're yeah. we're wrapping up, but just thinking about other families can be part of your team as well. Like mm-hmm. just we know each other. Our kids, you know, have gone to school together. And just thinking about in these years of raising our kids, like you're part of my team and mm-hmm. we've helped each other. And so just thinking mm-hmm. about, yeah, we can integrate with other teams to to help each yes. other and work toward building strong families. Yes. Yes. Cause when they, when you have scrimmages, right. Uh, certain teams, mm-hmm. I know like in our town, the boys will play the girls team or they'll mix them up and they'll do co-eds because that, that strengthens them as a team. And it brings mm-hmm. to the table things that they don't have within their own team. And so that's a really, really good point. I like that. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a great conversation. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.